0: We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the
1: podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
2: A very special episode of Archeo Animals. Take it away, Alex. Or should I say Jedi Master Alex?
0: Why, well, hello there. Uh- <laughs> We're going to have to turn this off and okay. start the whole podcast over again. Like no, from no, that was on.
2: perfect. Come on, that was really good. That was good. Right.
0: Anyway... This is a very special episode of RKO Animals. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Alex Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, uh, my co host, Sim- uh, Simona Falanga, is not here with us uh, for this episode, which means I get full control of it. And of course, I've decided that is now a Star Wars podcast, and there's nothing Simona can do about it.
2: A surprise, <laughs> but a welcome one oh my god <laughs> this is literally gonna be a if unfortunately if you don't like the prequels or like the main ones and i know all the quotes yeah it's just gonna be
0: yeah if you yeah, don't I'm, like star wars just turn it off like i'm okay with it like simona also isn't really like not to put her on blast but she is not like the biggest star wars fan which is why i got uh her blessing to do this episode while she's not here <laughs>
2: maybe we should also just uh introduce me because i'll be actually talking for a lot in this episode i'm not in the background as much yeah straight so from, uh, I'm obviously
0: straight from the underwater city uh of the gungans in naboo uh,
2: what are you start thinking Ooh. no i'm not going to do that that's probably yeah i know that's really it's so problematic it's it actually <laughs> be great to touch on maybe later at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not like pro- I've, got, I've got
0: appropriation whole yeah like
2: but yeah so uh yeah you're gonna actually hear me for the most of this episode so strap yourselves in
0: yeah i mean it, it, it'll still be about archaeology and archaeology. i promise like maybe like 10 yeah. percent, like a solid 10 <laughs> maybe five i'm not sure i just okay so i don't think we even touched upon my star wars love in this podcast which is wild mm-hmm. because it's probably like 90 percent of my personality which i guess isn't a good thing these days <laughs>
2: i mean depends on what uh, like in what way you express yourself i mean i was thoroughly impressed by the show notes for this episode i was like wow i'm gonna have to start looking stuff up because i like i i'm in a kind of a <laughs> an, i'm an adjacent star wars fan like i know like i've played the games i've watched the films mm-hmm. like one of my favorite games ha- has always been rogue squadron for the gamecube which is oh, really yeah. really obscure i no, love that I, I, obviously
0: Yeah.
2: Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2 in 2005 (laughs) version, please.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I will say also, uh, my partner bought Battlefront 2, the newer one, uh, because it was on sale for like, you know, 12 quid or something. And it's actually kind of fun. The single player is actually really good. I really enjoyed it. Battlefront 2005, still the best one, but. Just saying, just putting that ap- apologetics out there. This is the kind of show everyone's going to be getting. So turn it off if you can't handle it. You can't <laughs> handle these truths that I'm speaking.
2: I must say, I I what I do not know a lot about is the extended universe and the kind of Excuse stuff me, it's that expanded. Uh, sorry, the expanded, expanded universe, universe. and the, that's the stuff that Disney kind of said. Um, yeah, we're going to throw that all away. Is that correct? Is that the stuff that well, Disney here's just didn't the thing.
0: want? Here's the thing. So, okay, when I was a kid, uh, I was raised in a very Star Wars family. I mean, uh, when they re-released the films in in the late 90s, the special edition versions into theaters, my dad took me when I was like a kid. So very big Star Wars fan. Uh, Between the original Star Wars and the uh, prequels, there was a lot of expanded universe stuff happening. Uh, Books, stuff like that. There's some really famous ones like the Thrawn trilogy that are out there. I was, as a kid, I was really into the Jedi Knight series, which was about Han Solo's kids uh, becoming Jedi. And, I mean, they were written for kids, so, like, I was really into it. Uh, So, when they said that all this stuff wasn't canon anymore, I was gutted. It was a true betrayal. Uh, I'm still not over it, even though I just recently went to the Disneyland uh, Star Wars thing, like, last month. (laughs) But still, not over it. You know, it's fine. But yeah, so the weird thing about the Star Wars Expanded Universe is that Disney's kind of been cherry-picked picking from it so like for the most part it's not canon but every so often they'll add stuff to the canon there's a TV show called Rebels uh, which is really good uh, even though it's a cartoon and they uh, took Thrawn who was this really amazing villain from the expanding universe and made him a villain for like the last two seasons so I do like that they are kind of cherry picking the best because there's I'll I'll be honest there is also a lot of garbage in the expanding universe Uh, my favorite being a character named Ho has Equish, who is a literal horse, like he's just like it's a horse head, and that's an alien, like it's just a horse, and he's like a rebel, a uh, pilot.
2: Amazing amazing anything He's is possible yeah. in star wars and yet we're going back to horses which was one of the previous episodes i wonder how many previous episodes we might touch on this one so yeah i, I think we should definitely start somewhere uh but can i can i, I want to say the phrase i want to say the phrase are you ready for this one Do now I. okay now this is podcasting get it it's like pod racing
0: I've, I'm, I've got my phone out and I'm calling 999. <laughs> and I'm, t- I'm calling so the cops now. Crank. And I'm telling them. Oh, right. And I'm telling them. <laughs> They're passing it to the podcasting cops the
2: podcast? and they
0: are coming to arrest.
2: You cannot get the podcasting cops, cannot touch me.
0: Why well, are you the Senate?
2: I am the Senate. <laughs> that came out a lot I more. I like- say
0: that, and yet I almost spit my water
2: out. <laughs> like I didn't mean to for come out like that. I felt possessed. Right.
0: This this podcast is gonna be unlistenable because so it's just gonna be me giggling for like an hour. So
2: uncivilized, right? And I love this, oh, right? Why don't you start oh. us off with why is why why is zooarchaeology and like Star Wars? What's the connection there?
0: Okay, this is my thesis statement. I've like wanted to write like a book about this, Star Wars as a concept is all about archaeology that is my thesis statement i 100% believe this if you look at all the stories uh the films the tv shows the uh novels the books or whatever everything it's all about this concept of material heritage and why it's so important. the jedi are all about this kind of material heritage they they canonically have historians and archaeologists who work for them they're constantly looking for uh, cuz you know the jedi have spanned thousands and thousands of years in this universe constantly looking for artifacts that relate to the jedi and new uh, you know uh, new sites like holy sites basically to channel the force the sith do the same thing but they do it for propaganda purposes. They have these huge tombs. They use it to hoard all their power even after death. Everything is about archaeology. It's about passing things uh, through lineages. It's all about that kind of stuff. And that means by, by default, Star Wars must also be about zoo archaeology because you cannot have archaeology without zoo archaeology. Done. Turn this podcast off because I'm done.
2: That's that is beautiful. That is that is definitely a mission statement. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from with that, especially, I guess, because obviously it's the whole thing about, like, what's the we want to say? Oh, it was removed from the holocron? Or what was the, 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 the thing when he finds if out that mission? Like,
0: if we can't find it it doesn't exist basically that um oh i forgot her name she's a, yes she's a jedi librarian who apparently in the comics has this amazing arc where she like goes nuts after the fall of jedi and like just goes ham on uh, on the empire rules and then she dies
2: so if we're looking at uh, Star Wars from a kind of an archaeological perspective, what um, and we're talking about thousands and thousands of years of, like, you know, groups that have existed for thousands and thousands of years, um, are you kind of suggesting that maybe there were, like, I don't know, Jedis who specifically were, like, archaeologists?
0: so in the and the actual canon uh there are so okay according to the jedi path a manual for students of the force a book that i've owned for years now what i think is of course technically i think is only semi-canon because it references things that happen in the expanded universe but i believe the, the core text itself is canon uh so the jedi actually have multiple like sections you have the the people that we normally consider jedi like the jedi knights stuff like that they're like you know the foot soldiers and then you actually have certain sections of people who don't necessarily it's people who don't pass their jedi knight trials or people who voluntarily are like i actually don't want to do cop stuff i'm gonna go be like a scholar so there's like different sections there's like an agricultural like section that specifically uses the force to like help with you know planets that are dealing with famine and like growing and learning new techniques and stuff like that you got like an exploratory one that uh and that one involves archaeologists and like uh zoologists and stuff like that so technically i guess they would have to meet in the middle and have zoo archaeologists as well because they're, they're going to like the outer rim where like not many people have gone and looking at you know. And, you know, looking at different species, past species, things like that. I cannot believe that this is stuff I'm saying off the top of my head
2: and i think you know uh like obviously it sounds like we're trying to do a wee bit of a shoe in and i think there's a bit of shoeing done there but actually when you think of the star wars fi- even just the star wars films there are so many alien creatures in all the films i mean cast your minds back to a new hope where in the star wars cantina there was like aliens of all different kind of like backgrounds there was obviously all the creatures that you could see around the hive of scum <coughs> and villainy uh, that sorry i just I, I just i love that voice that that obi-wan like old obi-wan is so it is good. Very
0: good yeah um,
2: oh that's so good but th- th- there there is always been a remarkable amount of like alien creatures alongside you know humanoid aliens in the star wars universe it's always been packaged and parcel of all of that so i I can i can definitely see the comparison but the next step is like how i mean how does that how how would you even go about figuring out what the zoo archaeology of that could be
0: Oh, don't worry. I, I don't know if you looked at the notes of the show. I have a whole thing about the problematic aspect of zooarchaeology and the not only the problematic aspect of zooarchaeology, but the entire concept of a zoology uh, or even a bestiary mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe, because there's these different levels of quote unquote sentience, but then you also have force sensitivity mm-hmm. that all these different um, aliens can uh, be cer- uh, f- sensitive to the force in different ways, which again, goes back to sentience and like does that imply a mm-hmm. higher level of sentience it's a whole thing uh, and obviously like uh, the real answer to this is that it's a uh a, a sci-fi fantasy for kids so
2: <laughs> alex what about the glorians
0: that's true um, do you think that there would be a way for Jedi archaeologists to <laughs> look at the bones of someone and figure out their Medichlorian count?
2: I don't, because I thought the Medichlorians are living a, <laughs> they're like, they're living part of the Force. But and like the a Force of doesn't blood.
0: technically die, as we yeah. know. No, no, it
2: just—it's uh, the conservation of force. It just transforms from one type into another. A conservation cool. of mass, Alex. Duh. See, the I problem think... with
0: this, this episode is going to alienate all our listeners and also get a bunch of nerds eat mad at me. <laughs> this is like a lose-lose situation. you.
2: I am opening myself up for a lot of pain here. I mean, you but, deserve um, it.
0: This is your record. <laughs>
2: oh, this is, this is, I'm getting my just desserts. I was just thinking, like, obviously you were talking about, almost like you were saying the Jedi obviously want to understand history and find powerful Jedi artifacts, and the Sith were just using history for propaganda. But I think there's a bit more at stake there, isn't there? Because one could see from a certain perspective that, are the jedi not just trying to acquire objects of power uh, i mean who's to say that the jedi are going to use them in the right mm-hmm. way i mean they're i've never i'm sorry but the jedi have never sat well with me you know oh, like no I, don't
0: worry i'm not a jedi apologist um, i very like okay so for many people who have listened maybe have played there's a game called the N- old republic to the Sith Lords, which is by far the greatest Star Wars game ever made and probably the best Star Wars story ever written. It's extremely good. I would suggest you play it if you have not But there's a character named Kreia who's very... The joke is that she's like a very, like, you can't please her, you know, whatever. Uh, But she's very anti-Jedi. So, and I've loved that concept ever since I played that as like a a 12-year-old or whatever. And I wanted to go to the last Jedi premiere with a shirt that said Kreia was right. Forgot to make that, but basically Krayo was right. Jedi should die. Just saying. Hot take.
2: Very, very hot take. Especially because I feel like there's been a lot of kind of like... Especially with, obviously, the more recent films uh, with The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Uh, there has been a lot of exploration of what it does mean to be a Jedi and what what, what the purpose of being you know tied to that order is. But maybe we should... Explore that a little bit later in the show, and bring it more to what you were saying earlier about the use of history. So, what, what, do, how do we know that history and heritage is used? How is it used by both the Jedi and the Sith?
0: I mean, it's hard to it's hard to like center this just on the films because you know they're very oddly enough they are very contained stories, even though they are very you know high stakes for the universe or whatever like even if you look at the entirety of the Skywalker you know they call it the Skywalker saga now and that's all about lineage and you know Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber being something that's literally handed down uh, from generation to generation and that's like such a core concept that has a lot of archaeological you know vibes (laughs) archaeological vibes (laughs) with it Mm mm-hmm but like, I mean, even there, so like one of the things I always think about when I think about archaeology and Star Wars is the holocrons, which are for those who don't know, are nerds. Uh, the holocrons are basically these like artifacts that um, Jedi and Sith can record uh, their teachings, uh, basically like almost their essence uh, in them for uh, later Jedi and Sith to find. And they can pass their teachings on to that. And obviously there's a big, you know, thing of like, if you're a Jedi student who finds a Sith holocron, you know, that's not the best thing ever and stuff like that. Uh, But like, that's like such an interesting concept when you think about it archaeologically, it's literally the past talking to you. Mm -hmm. And and it always makes me think about like future archaeologists and like finding like you know random like tape, like videos and stuff of people from the past uh except holocrons could be weird cuz i believe that they can they do contain the essence of the person so it could it has a little bit of a mind of its own you know it's there's
2: definitely stuff, so. a <laughs> selection of YouTube videos that i never ever want future archaeologists to come across i mean there's so many of them that i don't know how to explain you know what i mean there's 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 a couple of vines I never really want to explain, but they're just funny, you know. I'm trying to think of that. Ugh. Yeah. And memes will be very difficult to explain, but you know what I mean. That that's the the kind of thought that you had there was yeah. I, I can see how it, yeah certain content could probably in the wrong hands in the future give a wrong you know there's if these holocrons only hold what people put into them it means that there's a lot of history a lot of like information that gets lost and it's almost like because you have those kind of holocrons that have this bit of information you're almost not looking for other information because hey you've got all the information in this one little neat package so i'd be wondering how that kind of affects how people in the Star Wars universe, kind of like take on that knowledge and that thing without it being too kind of like, you know, um, prescriptive, you know, without it being kind of just almost like, well, if you don't have it on Holocron, did it ever happen? You know, that, that.
0: I mean yeah that's something that actually there's uh, uh, something i really like about that because because the problems not the problems but something i see because of the films is that there's this very big like uh, it's always a jedi versus a sith it's the main conflict and all these things and one thing that uh knights of the Old republic 2 does really well is there's a bit where you can talk to one of the characters who's uh not a jedi or a sith and it He's just like, from the perspective of a regular person, Jedi Sith, you're both the same. You're both two people with an enormous amount of power, and we're all normal people who are just like terrified of you. And I always wish that that was a concept that they brought more into the films because I find them really interesting and totally accurate. You know, these people have so much power, political power, especially, and clearly they're able to leave these holocrons that can rewrite history. Uh, for people in the future, you know what I mean, and it's like a really interesting to be like, what about the regular person who's like, actually, I don't like either of those people. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's the thing is that because of the centering of that, it is, and it's, it's these really, it's these two sides of, but I don't even know, I don't sometimes even know what the Jedi stand for because, in the prequels, it's pretty obvious the Jedi are basically just like. They just look after the politicians, you know what I mean? Like they ensure, yeah. uh, you know, I love democracy, you know, they ensure democracy, but like, to what standard is that democracy? If it can just like, you know, be overturned to, to, with thunderous applause, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm really <laughs> trying here so no. hard. <laughs>
0: Do you just have this? Do you have the prequel scripts out in front no, of you? you no, I just, just know I just know these
2: key moments. They're so quotable. It's so good, but like <laughs> I, I find it funny that like I don't actually know apart from, you know, this kind of context that you're given. That like, um, on oh god, the name of the planet escapes me. Where the Senate is, it's Corazon. Corazon. Yes, Ugh. I don't actually know what they do apart from that. Is there any kind of indication of what they're doing in the rest of the universe or rest of the planets?
0: Um, yeah, no. I mean, they're basically kind of just like your your general kind of, you know, or like they're not really well planned because I like, think about who actually wrote the idea of the Senate. But, you know, uh, they're kind of just like a, a, like a UN, basically, of like all these different planets, like representatives and stuff like that. Um, they're never really completely fleshed out um in like stuff about the old republic uh it, they're basically more of like again just like a big government body that's like fighting off uh people from the outer rims so that's either the sith or the mandalorians stuff like that um you know it's, it's you know just a bunch of bureaucrats really so like it's a shame that I, I i like to believe that at some point in this the star wars history that the jedi kind of just get subsumed into being like cops for the government
2: yeah i think that's pretty evident in the prequels yeah that's what they are oh dear right i think that's a good point to take a break and we'll be back right after this
3: percent off your first three months or go to zencastr.com and use the code ANIMALS. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5 hetravel travel at 5-HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th, one-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit fivehourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: And we're back talking about archaeology and uh, zooarchaeology in the Star Wars kind of universe. Alex's kind of like and she, she's very very happy to be talking this is, about this, this
0: is, I was topic. so happy I, first of all I did actually eat dinner before we recorded Secondly, I was so hyped <laughs> to record I was like I have to go I need to talk about Star Wars for an hour <sighs> it's the best day of my life I miss you Simona I miss you so much by the way I don't want it to seem like you know I miss you and I wish you liked Star Wars more <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of the great things about the Star Wars universe, especially, is the variety of different environments that our heroes travel to. Oh, I mean,
0: mean, you mean wet planet, and you mean uh, sand <laughs> planet, and then you mean city planet, okay. and ice planet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, like, okay, yeah, maybe they're they're a bit they're a bit mono environmental, but. Do you have any favorite kind of planets out of the Star Wars universe? Um, I have. I
0: always liked, uh, this is going to be me pulling out expand universe stuff. Uh, <laughs>
2: is, is it unpronounceable by any no, chance? No, I like,
0: I always liked Corbin. Corbin is the uh, quote unquote Sith planet, basically.
2: Are you sure not, it's not the leader of the Labour Party in the UK? <laughs> Uh, sorry, Corvin, right?
0: Corbin, K-O-R-R-I-B-A-N, or maybe it's one R and two B's, whatever. It's a Star Wars it's a Star Wars word. You just kind of hit the the uh, text yeah. and it, it, That's a Star Wars word. Uh, But but yeah, Mm. it's um, it's I always liked it because it was literally just like archaeology planet because it was basically ruled by Sith Lords for thousands of years. So when the Old Republic stuff takes place, there's now a Sith Academy there because there's this weird thing where the Sith go from, you know, obviously first they were an actual race of aliens, like an ancient race. And then it becomes a philosophy uh, that uses the force. And then it becomes like a counter. uh, It's kind of like what the empire ends up being. Like it kind of becomes like its own organized political force. Uh, It's very strange. But um, so there's a CIS academy on Corbin, and like 90% of the students end up doing archaeological digs, which tend to be extremely dangerous because they're all... You know sith lord temples which means that they're all imbued with the dark side so like you can't go into a, a temple without getting attacked by like ancient droids and force ghosts and like a rancor or whatever stuff like that it's fun
2: no it's pretty cool and you've name dropped like some of the like main creatures that people do know like the rancor
0: i do love rancor
2: Oh, that's uh, which which film is that one in?
0: That is in uh, *Return of the Jedi*, which is hot take. *Return of the Jedi* is my favorite Star Wars film.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay, right. Maybe maybe this is the point where we should actually ask you what order.
0: Oh gosh, don't do this to me. Um,
2: come on, like okay, right. Go on. Um,
0: it's probably *Return of the Jedi*. Uh, are we doing this okay. like all of them in totality or just the original trilogy? I
2: uh, no give him a, a totality. It's only nine films, like, We're come like
0: Well, not nine films, there's more if you count spin offs. What's
2: no, I'm not. Oh, to be fair,
0: I actually I mean, really I mean, also I mean, like Rogue One, and I would have put it up there. Rogue, Rogue One is really good, actually, movie, yeah. and I will. Stand my ground on
2: that. Yeah, no, no, it's it was really, really good. It was excellent. But
0: I would. It would probably actually be like Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, uh, A New Hope. I, I would probably put those three first, mm-hmm. and then like Rogue One, Force Awakens, and then everything else kind of goes to the side because I was like, meh. Last
2: Wait, you're saying At- Attack of the Clones is not actually? A good film. You know
0: what? <laughs> on the sheer level of. Uh, Doofy stuff. I would probably put Attack of the Clones as like kind of higher up because it's just fun. It is. I will say that it's very fun.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no it definitely definitely is one of my favorite planets is Kashyyyk oh,
0: I do love Kashyyyk if you're
2: familiar with Kashyyyk uh,
0: excuse me it's actually one excuse
2: it, me it's one of my favorite planets to play in uh, the Star Wars Battlefront yeah. game and so Alex why is Kashyyyk important what's what's important about Kashyyyk? Uh
0: because they've got our Wookiee friends that we all love
2: we do love the Wookiees we
0: Wookies. do love the Wookiees I actually don't know what you were trying to get at <laughs>
2: No, oh, no. Like I'm just I'm asking you about Kashyyyk It's like literally my favorite planet. Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm being serious oh, here.
0: Oh my god! I can't tell when we're joking on this podcast, especially when it's just <laughs> me and you, who basically kind of just antagonize each other. That's, and Simone is not here to keep the peace uh, and order.
2: That's that's my secret. I'm always joking.
0: This is that's the wrong uh, franchise. <laughs> that's
2: the wrong film. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you still understood. Yeah, I know.
0: I hate it. I hate it but, so much. <laughs> what a, what a sickness, truly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Kashika's interesting, and actually, it kind of gets at this like weird thing of like where does archaeology or even zoology fit into the Star Wars universe? Because you know, the the Wookies are not uh, they're non humanoid, and that's actually kind of funny that even in the in universe like language they differentiate between humanoid and non-humanoid species. And I guess that's also because there are plenty of humanoid species, uh, like the Chiss, who are basically people, like humans, who are painted blue. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah. Okay. But like the Wookiees are clearly, you know, they're, they're their own uh, species, but they have, you know, they're, they are, you would clearly say they're sentient, they have their own language, they have their own culture. Uh, it's,
2: and they have the celebrate, celebrate life day, life you know. Day, all Lumpy's things.
0: there. I mean, what more can you ask for? I love Lumpy.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, there's some really weird stuff in the Star Wars universe, isn't there?
0: And like I wouldn't have it any other way. When I was a kid, I loved those cartoon, that cartoon droids and Ewok thing that we had on VHS.
2: Droids and Ewok thing. What was that about?
0: Yeah, it was like I think it was from the the holiday special. There was like a little like really poorly done cartoon of like C three b on R two D two on an adventure, and then like Wicket and like the Ewoks. I was I'm a, I am a very big Ewok. Uh, apologist I love the Ewoks. They're so cute.
2: Could you imagine? I just would love to know if, like, the Ewoks have, like, cultural heritage. Like, there's, like, is there, like, a little tiny, like...
0: But they do because they clearly have, like... There's, like, clearly a hierarchy in Return of the Jedi. There's, like, a main, uh, like, a chieftain, basically. And, you know, the fact that they looked at C-3PO and assumed he was a god means that they have some kind of cosmological belief system that specifically has those kind of concepts embedded in them.
2: What I'd really like to see is like uh, like a paper on Ewok hunting strategies and like uh, the preparation of like food for Ewok consumption. So like, do they have kill sites and then butchering sites or do they like, how do they get this stuff up the trees? What do they, what kind of mixture? I mean, of- they
0: clearly, they have, because they clearly use uh, rock technology, mm-hmm. which means they, they do have, they're clearly using probably like, they do, probably do flint knapping and stuff like that. Actually, they clearly mm-hmm. do because yeah. they have. Have spears and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. So yeah, no, they would have a rich archaeological. Although you know, actually, be interesting is having to plan out the kind of like because if when their stuff decays, it would fall from the trees. So that exactly. would have a really interesting kind of see. Archaeology in Star Wars is awesome. Please <laughs> let me let me do my postdoc in this because I can't think of anything else to do.
2: It is fantastic. And actually, when you're talking about sentience, one of the really interesting things about Star Wars is that, like, there's a lot of sentience about. Like, um, I. What about droids? Are droids sentient in the Star Wars universe?
0: Okay, so I finally watched solo which is um not a great film uh <laughs> the only good thing about that film is that um don glover is a fantastic lando but uh it's not a great film it has this weird sub did you see solo
2: no i've not seen solo i don't care just by spoiling it
0: Yeah, well, it's not really a spoiler. It's like, there's this weird subplot where there's one of the characters uh, is a droid Mm -hmm. and she's very, like, pro-droid rights. And it's like this weird subplot that never really goes anywhere. And which kind of annoys me because that's actually, like... A really interesting thing that I would love to see Star Wars tackle because there's this kind of recurring joke throughout all of like Star Wars media of like people who hate droids, you know, who don't trust droids, who don't want to talk to droids, stuff like that. You know, they're always that character, that like Hansel type character who's like, oh, you can understand him or like, get this like trash can out of my way type character. And it's, I would love to know why there's that antagonism. Is it like a weird, like, are droids immediately. A subclass because they're created to serve other people there clearly are some kind of sentience about it i mean you know other than like programming issues you have that thing of like you know droids can be as willful as anyone else you know r2d2 makes sarcastic jokes and stuff like that like they clearly can choose whether or not to do stuff you have droids also who like you know there are droids who are also like villains and stuff like that, and they they have that kind of thing in it. It is interesting, and also if you uh, know anything about the cut content from Night Seal Republic Two, uh, they were supposed to have a droid planet called M four seventy eight. So that kind of throws another wrench in the works. Uh, no pun intended.
2: What's a, a droid planet? What was what, what what do we know of the droid planet?
0: Well, the fun thing is actually someone created a mod that re- restores all this content because actually the content was in the files or something like that. Nice wow. of Republic Two is a really interesting case of not being finished. It's done by Obsidian, which is a studio I love, but mm-hmm. basically they didn't. There was a game that got rushed, uh, but all the content was there. So there's so many mods that restore all this content, so you can like play it as kind of was meant to be and it's that's why it's such a great game uh but yeah so it was literally a planet run by droids like it was run by droids only droids really lived there uh if the level was actually impl- implemented into the game like you had to like do all these quests for other droids and like it was interesting to see also that some droids had different uh jobs that made out uh, that made it i guess i don't want to say sentience uh because I I am very pro-droid rights, but uh, yeah, there's like, you know, the droid that picks up the garbage is different from the droid who's a protocol droid and can like have full conversations with you, you know, and can speak so many different languages. It's really interesting. Uh, So, yeah, are they, would they be considered, like, if you found the art? if you were looking at the archaeology of a, a droid settlement, let's say, would that be considered... Would you say that they're material finds or would you say that they're they're not necessarily organic remains, but would you treat them as like they're organic remains? I have a lot of questions.
2: I mean, this feels a very much like um, the, the the work that like Andrew Reinhardt has done on No Man's yeah. Sky, you know, with this kind of procedurally generated planet, you know, like, yes, the algorithm is made by humans but like because it's the procedural generation is there maybe some sort of like weird pseudo like <sighs> computer creation of this and like is the cultural kind of like patterns that appear out of that procedural generation really tied to the algorithm writer directly or is there a way to kind of so randomly generate it or procedurally generated that is almost in its own right, creating that new thing. And this is the thing about droids or, I mean, this is the thing about artificial intelligence, isn't it? It's this idea that like, um, if we build smart enough artificial intelligence, one day it will create something that we could never create as human beings. And it's a really, really big, big question. And it just feels a bit, small compared to well like some big compared to star wars you know and so star wars universe how would that work i'm like we're talking about ai here
0: yeah (laughs) ignoring like um, the force itself as a a concept and an actual tangible thing
2: We, we actually, yeah, we actually haven't even touched on this force that much. Do you want to kind of like, I know everybody kind of knows what the force is. I think even people who haven't watched Star yeah. Wars know what the force is. But like, if I, if I dive into your expanded universe, your EU knowledge, what do we learn about the force that's maybe not so well known from the films and stuff?
0: So one thing I think that becomes a common misconception, and I think some of this is also just me kind of like redirecting Star Wars into something that's a bit more academic, I guess. Uh, But uh, the way I've always understood it is that the Force is actually in everyone. The way that the Jedi say is the Force connects all of us, all living beings. And so it does actually exist to everyone the force just manifests in different ways so you have people who are force sensitive which means that they have a higher level of chlorians, or they're just a little bit more sensitive to the force and that's how they can manipulate things and use force powers and stuff like that and then you have people who have where the force kind of ma- manifests in smaller ways so take someone like han solo who just has like you know good luck, he has uh, good shots and stuff like that. I mean, he doesn't always have good luck, but like that's kind of the manifestation of the Force through him. So gunslingers who are really good shots, pilots who are just really good pilots, uh, they may not be Jedi or Sith, but they still are manifesting the Force through these ways and that's how they kind of do it. Uh, So yeah, like the Force is everywhere. And it's also, one thing I think of archaeologically that's interesting is the force exists kind of after death as well so we know that jedi when they die they can totally integrate themselves into the force and in the films they show the spy having the person disappear which will always be goofy to me and i love it Uh, (laughs) like yoda is just like i'm out and then disappears so like how would that actually affect the archaeological record Um, we're missing all these bodies so do we have to have this assumption that maybe they just kind of were consumed back into the force
2: but then the other side of it they they come back as a force ghost. so we could just ask them you know like like it almost defeats the purpose of archaeology if you can just actually just talk to the person oh um sorry hi um could you explain why that's here and that's here Oh, we just—that um, was just us. Like that, we were just doing this and this and this. Okay, just sorry. So, can you, can I write that down again, please? Like
0: that. And that's the thing too. That actually, I, I I've been meaning to write a blog post about this, but like interactivity with the past is so prevalent in Star Wars, like Force Ghosts, Holocrons to an extent. I mean, literally before you you can run into four spirits and channel them in certain temples and stuff so it's kind of just like you know what is the past in a in a world where you can directly speak to someone who lived at that point you know
2: it's weird now we're gonna head for a break what now there are two of them anyway enjoy this and we'll be back soon
0: they fly now (laughs)
3: You may have heard my pitch for membership. It's a great idea and really helps out. However, you can also support us by picking up a fun t-shirt, sticker, or something from a large selection of items from our Tee Public Store. Head over to arcpodnet.com slash shop for a link. That's arcpodnet.com slash shop to pick up some fun swag and support the show.
2: And we're back after the breaks talking Star Wars archaeology, and um, more specifically, Star Wars zoo archaeology. Although we haven't talked too much about we this, we haven't show.
0: talked any of it.
2: So I think I think we're definitely going to have to dedicate this segment definitely to more of the archaeo zoo archaeology. Yeah, um, because I think this show is meant to be called Archaeo Animals, so I think we should really stick to that. So
0: I guess
2: in Archaeo Animals style we always have the case studies at the end so let's see um yeah alex do you want to take this away what do you want to talk about more than anything
0: else we need to talk about baby yoda
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why? why, why, Right, okay, can you explain the whole Baby Yoda phenomenon? I don't have access to The Mandalorian, so can you help me out here?
0: Uh, Baby Yoda is real and strong and uh, is my friend, and I don't know what else you want me to say about it.
2: Have you been watching The Mandalorian?
0: I have. It's a great show. It's everything I wanted in a Star Wars live action show, Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We're here about Baby Yoda, the cutest thing in the world love it and here we go this is it's time for me to i don't can you see what i'm doing i'm I'm pulling out the tinfoil hat i'm putting it on my head it's time for me to talk about the yoda species conspiracy theory
2: the okay right i'm i'm ready i've got the popcorn out. here we what go is the yoda species conspiracy theory i've
0: literally never seen anyone else talk about this this is only something that i've yelled about before uh so the reason why we refer to this uh this baby although i guess baby's not the right word because the way that the species seems to age means I don't know. I guess infant is the right word. It's in the story. They say that the baby is fifty years old, but Yoda lives to be nine hundred, so it's clearly like a huge age range. Anyway, so the reason why we refer to it as Baby Yoda isn't just because you know the only other well, there's two uh, Yodas that we've seen. We have obviously Yoda Yoda, and then we have Yaddle from uh, Phantom Menace, and only in Phantom Menace, by the way, female species of Yoda. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow, that's not a lot of Yodas. So, yeah. Like I don't know. And obviously Yoda is his name. Which right? You messed so, up, we should call Are they called the I I don't know. Are they actually called what species is Yoda?
0: See, that's the thing I'm talking I am talking about. The other reason why we refer to it as baby Yoda is because that species has never in any of the expanded universe had a name before.
2: Right. Okay. So it's, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. So what's the, th- what's so, this? here's my, here's my here's theory. theory.
0: <laughs> when the Mandalorian takes place, this isn't really spoilers. Uh, when the Mandalorian takes place, it is after the original trilogy. So in that context, Yoda has already died. So uh, the whole kind of main plot of the series in general is that there's a bounty out on baby Yoda's life. And why is that? here's my theory. Yoda is still alive and he wants to be the only Yoda in the universe. So he put a bounty out on this baby. And he also killed Yaddle from Phantom Menace. Because here's the thing, Yaddle, uh, if you watch Phantom Menace, Yaddle is never mentioned by name, but you can see her in the council scenes. So she's part of the Jedi Council she was almost wasn't part of the Jedi Council because apparently Yoda uh, did not want her to be on the council, which is wild because she was a, um, she was uh, imprisoned for like a century and only had to survive on the force. And that's how she became a Jedi master because she came back and they're like, oh my gosh, you clearly have a huge connection to the force. Yoda was the only one who was like, I don't really care for this. Why? Because Yoda did not like someone else from his species showing up. So he clearly killed her. And that's my conspiracy theory.
2: Right. Okay. Well, as with every good conspiracy theory, I have a few questions. So why would okay. why would Yoda... I don't understand the only being the only one of his species left. I mean, why would you... That's almost like self-destructive. It's ridiculous. But when does Yaddle die? Like...
0: Yaddle isn't seen in, in any of the other movies, and I don't think Yaddle actually has like a canon, quote unquote, canon, like death. I think it's just assumed she dies during Order sixty six. Uh, this is just like a fun theory that I like to throw out because I like to like dunk on Yoda occasionally because I think Yoda's funny. But you know,
2: right? No worries.
0: Watch it be real, folks. <laughs> Mandalorian season two. Jokes on you! I'm now head writer.
2: Oh God, I I, I wouldn't want to. Th- I, I I perish the thought. So I think we should possibly talk about a more less sentient, more sentient. I don't know. This is kind of a weird kind of thing because I feel like because Yoda species can kind of use the Force, can converse and talk. It's a kind of a separation between that and some of the other animals in the star wars universe what else what's the what what is um what's your next case study then
0: i love porgs porgs are my favorite porgs are porgs are hilarious because they're so cute i have so many porg uh themed things in my house right now i'm staring at a stuffed porg uh not a real stuffed porg obviously not taxidermy uh but like a a plushie of a porg uh, right now in my office while we record this uh porgs are the best uh, what was they going with this? Oh, so I, uh, porgs are just funny to me because one, because the, the reason they exist is because when they were filming in uh, Ireland, there was just so many puffins that they had to just CGI little porgs over them, which is hilarious. I love it.
2: That's so good. I it's, mean, that is, yeah. I, so, you know, where I grew up, um, yeah. there's a Island off the coast called Rathlin Island mm-hmm. and it's full of Puffins, like any time, like any time I've been to Rathlin Island, there's been lots and lots of puffins, and I mean they're like cute. Puffins are great, but um, and actually, puffins have been known to actually use tools as well. To like oh. i remember there was um a story about puffins like using a stick to scratch themselves and stuff like puffins are smart so yeah they're they're pretty good
0: yeah puffins that uh, puffins really? porks make really funny faces and star wars and that's why i love them uh but one thing i always find really <laughs> what I, I thought interesting especially watching the last jedi and knowing the real life place that they were filming at which is like you know an actual like archaeological place i was just thinking like oh man it must be so annoying to excavate around puffins and then i just realized oh my gosh it must be so annoying to be an achto i believe that's how you pronounce it or at least that's how i'm going to pronounce it uh the planet that the porgs are from uh imagine being an archaeologist there and having to deal with porgs all the time
2: could you not just get a wiki to scare them off
0: you could, but like I mean, especially speaking of if if the the direct correlation, real life correlation from porgs is puffins. Uh, as someone who's working on a site uh, from the, the the coast of Scotland where uh, puffins exist, and my uh, bird samples are just like ten percent puffin, or and then like eighty percent seagull, like. It's just I, I feel so bad for the Jedi archaeologists who are working on that planet. It must be a nightmare.
2: <laughs> and uh, actually what were the what, what was happening when you were y- cuz yeah, you were uh, you have excavated up in Scotland. What have you had to do to get rid of puffins off site or what how have they impeded your work when you've been up there?
0: Well, the lucky Lockhe- the lucky thing is the last time I excavated, we were in a cave. So there was less, if anything, I ran more into like bird nests and I felt so bad for like tripping into bird nests that were on the uh, the seashore. I do remember, though, when I was digging in Orkney, we were told of this bird that um, if you were at a certain height, it would like dive and could possibly, like, dive into your skull and kill you. I just remember being warned about that. So birds are truly the enemies of all archaeologists.
2: Truly, truly. And, I mean, obviously, the way a porg is kind of, like, built, it's quite egg-shaped. So, um, skeletally, how would a porg skeleton look? Is there any options?
0: I've seen people... Yeah, I've seen people try to draw pork skeletons and it runs into that issue of like when people like draw, you know, like SpongeBob as a skeleton or like Mickey Mouse as a skeleton, where it's like, obviously, they're a little bit exaggerated. But I, I always assume that, of course, because porks are close to are associated with puffins, but I don't think specifically they would be puffins. I think we would be more like penguins. Mm-hmm. you know where th- what looks like is like a big oval head is really like a small cranium and then a lot of feathers and fat uh surrounding a neck you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah i can see that i can see that i'd be re- actually you know coming back to kashik cuz like my favorite planet i'd be really interested to see what like Wookiee remains were like cuz I don't know if we have any indication of whether do do wookiees like cremate the dead do they bury the dead do we know anything about that
0: I'm sorry. Remember, see, I do know that there's a shadow land that the Wookiees have. So as you know, from like the prequels and stuff, Kashyyyk, they're kind of like the Ewoks, but they build high up in the trees. And then there's a a bottom portion where like the apex predators live that you see in like video games occasionally. And it's always of like they always like put it as like, oh, that's the Shadowlands. You don't go in the Shadowlands unless, you know, you're trying to prove your metal or something like that. So I've always kind of assumed that maybe that's that might uh, be used in funerary uh, rites of the Wookiees. I mean, the fact that they refer to it as like the Shadowlands really invokes yeah. a kind of like underworld type thing. So like the idea of them either, you know, like depositing them down there to have the apex predators, you know, eat and disarticulate being a, a, a ritual or something like that. Like, you know, hire me to write mm. your star Wars stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, the call has been put out. The call has been put out. Yeah. Is there any, okay. So I, I think we should, uh, we're getting to the, towards the end. Is there, is there maybe another case study? I think we can squeeze another case study in Alex,
0: uh this one actually is uh, we'll uh, touch upon stuff that we haven't really talked about per se we kind of mentioned it uh so one of my favorite animals in star wars is the hiss which is an expanded universe creature that exists on corbin and they're these like -like (laughs) dragon-like creatures that can turn invisible and have also been noted to use Base to affect the minds of people using basically Jedi mind tricks, and that's the kind of creature I put towards you when I say, "How would this can be considered part of a Star Wars zoo archaeology?"
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I see it. I see it. You,
0: you don't want
2: to dig there. You want to give me your lunch. I know. i like. I'm trying to think of what these creatures would actually be wanting to do with their Jedi mind tricks. You know like
0: yeah throw the ball
2: I'm just trying to think what well, what are the creatures. But you yeah, know, it's
0: just it's weird <laughs> and like it's. I don't know. I, I just like them. I always like their design. Uh, the way that they introduce them in the video game is like you're not so, supposed to touch any of the lootable stuff in the desert because if you do, one of them will show up. Right. So it's a very much a whole like uh, I need to get. I want to get loot, but these things are actually kind of hard to kill. Uh, I just enjoy them because I, I they're visible dragons and.
2: So, what do they look like? They
0: literally like they're kind of like Komodo dragony type look. They are literally dragons, basically. Uh, I, I, which I, to be honest, if you look at a lot of Star Wars creatures that don't show up in the films, a lot of them tend to be dragons.
2: So, if, uh, where would we normally be finding these dragon creatures? These hisses, hisses, hiss
0: Yeah, it's. H S I S S. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they, they normally live in Corvin. Uh, clearly, they're very reptilian, which makes sense. They would be able to thrive in a, a complete desert planet because, you know, these planets can't have more mm-hmm. than one environmental mm-hmm. condition. Of course. We're just wondering because also the, that must mean preservation is probably not bad in Corvin or mm-hmm. on like places like Hoff. But if you go to Manan, which is all water, forget it. And
2: I I think that's one of the really interesting things that you can kind of start to consider is that these large environments would have very, very good preservation conditions. But of course, if, like you said, the hiss show up, if you start trying to excavate, that could probably be an issue.
0: Yeah, it's... it's basically Star Wars archaeology is basically taking archaeology to its uh, pop culture, uh, you know, uh, 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 apex in that it, Star Wars makes archaeology a literal do or die adventure thing, and that makes sense. You look at the the guy who start who uh, created Star Wars is George Lucas, who's also one of the minds behind Indiana Jones. It's it, at the end of the day, if you're talking about archaeology in Star Wars, you're also talking about the very exceptionalized version of archaeology. You know,
2: I've got a question though: Is uh, grey literature written by great Jedi in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry just it just came to me and I had
0: to <laughs> hi operator can you pass me along to the police please I have a complaint hello I'm oh, mean, um, i being subjected to uh, a bad jokes on a podcast if you could uh, come pick him up as soon as possible that would be great he's committing a murder actually he's murdering my show
2: oh dear oh hi i i honestly am i think too highly of myself here yeah you do oh oh i'm so ready i'm i'm so ready oh dear so what, what would your closing thoughts be about the archaeology of Star Wars? Is there anything that we really need to go over?
0: Um, I would say that uh, one... Star Wars is all about archaeology and I think more archaeologists if they want to have fun for once should kind of look into that. It's I think it's a very interesting kind of theoretical place to bounce off these kind of ideas about archaeology and also, you know, with Star Wars as well. Two, uh, zooarchaeology in space, not just in space, but in Star Wars, it, it would be incredibly fraught. Uh, it would be very problematic, I guess, because you would be coming from a human centric perspective and We still don't really understand whether or not humans are the most populous species in the Star Wars universe or not. I mean, whatever. And uh, three, I love Baby Yoda. So I don't know what else you want me to say. Uh, Also, did you know that they're Star Wars archaeology toys? Uh, Please send me some because they look fun.
2: They're, they're what what are they do you know like do you know what yeah they are? they're
0: like those like digging kits where you can find skulls well badly created skulls of uh, Star Wars creatures and it's great uh, I put a picture of it in the show notes it it, it sent me, me on an hour of going down a rabbit hole trying to figure out where I can order these <laughs> it's great
2: I just want to take one more minute of your time, obviously, to talk about almost one step above it all, because I think this kind of almost like speculative archaeology is something that's really, really interesting. I think this is where archaeology has a chance to kind of broaden its appeal. You know, I think a lot of the time... People don't realize that archaeology isn't simply about uncovering a past that, well, we already know most of it and we're just finding out the finer details or it's almost like specific to a certain part of the world. But you can actually take the same skills you have in archaeology and almost like apply it to a human created cultural world. I think that's that's something that's really interesting. What kind of things would you like to see people actually like be like producing apart from obviously you're going to write the next show. Yes. I know that, but This kind of research is actually generally quite interesting. What do you think about it? I just
0: think it brings a lot of, because, I mean, I've, as I've finished my PhD, I'm actually really interested in this idea of uh, using post-humanistic approaches to archaeology. I'm really interested in moving away from an uh, anthropocentric zooarchaeology and things like that. And I think Star Wars is actually a really cool place to kind of, work out some of those theoreticals because it's a place where humans aren't the only you know uh sentient uh like you know uh, species there's all these other uh alien races and we still don't really have like an idea of you know who was the first race to make contact with all these other places and stuff like that so it, it almost puts you on this kind of like even ground of okay so we're all relatively equal you know how do we approach looking at cultures this way if that makes sense it's Mm -hmm. it's just it's really interesting it's very because it's very separate from the human experience in this like imaginary world and i think that's a really cool place to do it anyway i just want you to know that because i'm the person who gave you all this information uh i have the high ground so
2: no you're the chosen one alex you were my don't try it yeah no I, 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 I love these I, lo- I I, must say one of the things that will always remain with me is like the cultural relevance of the prequels to like modern kind of like I, I'd say modern geekery I don't know how to put that in a better term but like I just oh, I just thought it, the culture of the prequels and okay the normal yeah the, the original trilogy as well really i think it's definitely shaped a lot of people's lives i think that's really something that's it's so connective you know i thought that's really good do you have anything to do you have have a favorite line from star wars it doesn't have to be one of the bad Uh, ones
0: i don't i don't know i just like uh I like uh when Watto has that little beard in uh it's not a line, but I think about it a lot. You know when Watto has that little beard in Attack of Clones? I honestly think about that like every day of my life. It's horrible. He's got a little beard. Okay, He's got like three little really- hairs. It's so awful. Why would you animate that?
2: <laughs> there were a lot of choices that were made in the Star Wars films that I wonder why it was animated it's really odd some of it but you know we wouldn't have star wars if we didn't have i
0: think that's an episode there
2: yeah remember you can like and follow the show on twitter uh are you only on facebook i can't remember
0: We are on Facebook um, as well at Archaeo Animals, like literally just right at Archaeo Animals. You'll find our page. And yeah, that's basically, we're also obviously on the Archaeology Podcast Network website and basically wherever you get podcasts. Uh, And to all my Jawa listeners out there, uh, Utini. Listening
3: to Archeo Animals. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us on Twitter at ArchaeoAnimals. Also, the views expressed on the podcast
0: are those of ourselves, the hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily represent those of our
2: institution, employers, and the Archaeology Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.
3: This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective.
0: This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.